Welcome to Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. I am your host, Catherine McPhail. I am an architect and I practice in Eastern Massachusetts. All of my work pretty much is additions and renovations to existing homes. And I started this podcast as a way to help homeowners learn everything they could about home renovations before they got started on their own, thereby hopefully relieving some of the stress of not knowing what was going to happen. So I speak to all different types of people, a lot of other architects, contractors, vendors, experts, and homeowners about their own renovations. So take a listen to the back catalog if you haven't already. And if you have already listened to those, you know that I am a big fan of old houses. I love old houses. And as I've said before, that's why I became an architect. I'm also a big fan of walls, and I have found somebody who is also a big fan of walls and, of course, old houses. Dave Rademacher is my guest today, and he's a licensed builder. He has a degree in residential design. He is currently restoring a farmhouse from the 1800s in rural Michigan with his wife. He lives there with his wife and two children, and he has made his old homes his life's passion by working on them and consulting for homeowners and contractors who are looking to honor their old home's historic fabric. All of his renovation work is documented on Instagram at Rademacher Revival. So it's pretty incredible how much work goes into all the documentation that he does. So you should go check that out for sure. So Dave and I talk about renovating kitchens and bathrooms in old homes and how you know when a house needs too much work and maybe you should pass on buying it and what problems are easier to fix than you may think and how to honor your old house. So here's my conversation with Dave. Kitchens and bathrooms in old houses. This is a subject that I would love to talk about. Sure. Because there's so many wrong ways to do it. And I guess a few right ways to do it. I love old houses. That's like my, my, I, that's just my love that my reason for being is these old houses. And I don't, can't explain that. Yeah. Agreed. So the Rademacher Revival Instagram account and the consulting and and things like that is something I do on the side. I have a day job in, in building material sales. So it's, it's kind of more of a passion project than anything else. But diving into old houses was my career up until what I'm doing right now. Um, you know, I did remodeling and restoration on old houses. This, this house we're currently working on, which is a late 1800s farmhouse, um, is my fourth old house. I don't think I've ever, yeah, all the houses I've owned since I've owned houses um, have been over 100 years old. So it's just something I gravitate towards with the history of the houses. And entering into documenting things on Instagram um, and gaining a following there and kind of showing people how you do things um, because I show everything that I'm doing with my own two hands, there's a lot of old house owners who are following along and saying, okay, well, I can glean something from, from my stories or my posts um, to try to help people out. And that's kind of then where my passion has gravitated towards because I do have such a passion for old houses and I want to um, enable people to work on their old, old houses. I don't want there to be a barrier. You know, it's a scary thing to old, old, own an old house, people feel like there's a lot of maintenance, which there is. And it can be scary if you don't grow up in it, and but you desire to do it. And that's kind of where I developed a side gig consulting um, thing, because there's only so much I can show. You know, it's you're basically limited to what I'm showing at the time. It doesn't necessarily speak to your specific situation and ensure people can 
YouTube videos and there's plenty of information out there, but it's hard to pick through what's good information and what's not. And it's hard to find something that's going to apply to your specific situation in an old house. Um, so a lot of the things I get contacted for revolve around kitchens and bathrooms in old houses because those are the most frequently changed thing in an old house. Um, you're rarely going to go into a house that's 100, 150 years old and find, you know, an original bathroom, original kitchen, because those things change with the time so much. Um, and speaking to bathrooms in particular, you're not going to go into a 150-year-old house and find an original bathroom because the original bathroom would have been outside. Right, right, um, exactly. You might still have the original one outside. Right, probably, exactly. Probably not, yep. but... So I guess that's the challenge. How do you how do you integrate more modern facilities with the essence of an older house? Yeah, and that's that's what people struggle with the most and I think it's it's more so people don't really know what options are available to them or really have had anybody present an alternative to what's popular right now and all that stuff kind of comes and goes with fashion and um, you know, the barn doors are popular right now. The uh, Moroccan mosaic tiles are popular right now. There's a lot of things that, you know, are going to come and go. Um, but I like to approach it from an aspect of what's going to age well with the house and what, what, uh, what honors the history of the house. Right. For example, you know, we're in a late 1800s farmhouse. It, it had an outhouse when it was built. Okay, so then I'm thinking through when a bathroom was introduced into this house, you know, what would it have looked like? And there's some liberties that you can take there, but I also want it to age well with the house. I want it to um, look like it's kind of been there for a long time. And since my favorite aesthetic is Art Deco, you know, that's kind of what we gravitate towards, kind of an Art Deco look. And when we're done, it'll more or less look like it was put in in the 20s, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, appropriate for the house and it looks cool. So I'm not I'm not of the of the mindset that you know you have to go completely historically correct and put it in an outhouse because that's just not realistic. Um, it, well, you can't even can you? I don't I don't know if you'd be allowed just it, to put it in an outhouse. That that is a good question. Uh, no, I think you're right as far as if you have um, you know, it has to have running water uh, to be habitable um, and that sort of thing. And then the the other thing that I'm pretty heavy on in my own projects is. The materials that you're putting into them um, because it's you're looking for most people are going to remodel with new products and i'm pretty heavy on using salvage products whether that's a toilet a bathtub a sink um, i always do vintage light fixtures and i don't think people understand the resources that are available out there to put those products back in and i think the biggest barrier to that is there's not a lot of contractors out there that want to deal with that mm. um, by that, do you mean so, like retrofitting uh, vintage fixtures to bring them correct. up to code? Yep. It's, 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 it's harder to source the parts. It's more work to get them to fit. Um, so it's more of a pain, um, you know, from a builder's aspect who wants to just, you know, get everything new. It's going to fit when he puts in. There's not a lot of extra work that has to go into making these, these fixtures um, work. So then I've, I've even consulted for some builders and designers and remodelers, you know, as to be that liaison between the homeowner and the builder saying, okay, I'm going to help you source these fixtures. I'm going to help you design a layout that makes sense for the period of the house. And we're going to incorporate these vintage fixtures into the house. And that's what's going to help it make it look like it's always been there. And the, the interesting thing is that you can 
get these vintage fixtures for a fraction of what something new is going to cost. Sure, is it a little more work to retrofit it, but you're going to still say you're still going to be on the the winning end of of the finance side of it because, for example, I just bought sconces for our bathroom that we're currently mid mid uh, renovation on, and I paid these are 1920s Art Deco sconces, and I had to source them from a few different places to find enough, but it ended up working out to maybe twenty five thirty dollars a fixture, hmm. and and to find a, a sconce that you're going to put in your bathroom and, you know, do something quality, it's easily going to be $300. Yeah. So I don't think people really think about those options. It's, you know, nice, new, shiny. Um, mm-hmm. But I think paying attention to those details are what's going to make it look like it fits the home. So who does the retrofitting on those? You mean making the fixtures work? Yeah, it, it depends. And, and that's another uh, conversation that comes up when I'm doing consulting work because I'm working with, you know, a different set of homeowners every time that have different skill sets. And there's certain things that depending on your skill set, you may want to DIY, you may want to hire a professional for. Um, so it just depends. And there's some things that people think they should DIY, which they definitely should not um, under any circumstances. Um, so yeah, with, with an electrical fixture, yeah, you're probably going to want to rely on a you know, an electrical shop that's going to rewire that for you. Plumbing is different because you're typically, that's more, you're, you're just sourcing the parts that are going to work work with it, which there's a number of resources out there that make different plumbing fixtures that are going to work in an antique fixture. Um, so that's more sort of sourcing than actually retrofitting. Um, but there's weird measurements, you know, you got to, um, you got to work, you, you typically have to have the pieces and your contractor yourself, you're going to figure out, putting them in the space more so than coming up with a design and ordering things. And it's all just going to come together, you know, when everything comes in. Hmm. So I saw your Instagram about cutting around the toilet bowl because it was in the way of the door. Yes, right. <laughs> that was very funny. But, you know, I actually do have projects where occasionally there's a little notch in the door so it can get by the, I'm um, not the ones I've designed, but I mean, when I go into help them with their, there's, people do actually cut the notches um, out of doors. Well, it it was interesting because that was obviously entirely a joke, but I had a number of people reach out with their own stories and or photos of a similar (laughs) situation in an apartment that they're living in um, or a house that they've owned where uh, creative solutions have been had such as that, where, you know, I, I don't think I had anybody suggest, I mean, the, so we're, we're talking about for, because this is obviously just over um, audio, um, the door is currently an in-swing door and would have impede with the toilet if we'd kept it in its uh, original swing. Um, so we're just reversing it to an out-swing door. Um, that way you don't have to compete with any of the fixtures inside, but it's a simple solution <laughs> that uh, apparently doesn't come to mind for a lot of people. Let's just notch out the door instead. That, that makes sense. Well, it does kind of have a, a, a beauty of its own. So where do you get these antique fixtures? Would you just Google like antique fixtures or do you get them at the salvage, architectural salvage places nearby? Yeah, great question. Um, it's a couple different sources for me personally. Um, you know, most states I've found have some sort of architectural salvage supply warehouse, um, you know, in one of their major cities. Um, for us, um, Lansing is the closest town, that, but it does not have one. Um, Grand Rapids has a few. Detroit has a few. Uh, there's one in Grass Lake. There's a nice one in Kalamazoo. So that's where you're going to find a, a decent collection of things. Um, but for me, most of my stuff is found because I know what projects are coming up. I collect in advance and I end up just with a 
inventory of a bunch of old stuff, but it's a lot of Facebook marketplace, Craigslist. Um, you'd be surprised at the stuff I find on the side of the road, driving through old towns when people are doing renovations because people don't really see the, the value in them. They don't think people are want, want them. They're going to end up in landfills. Mm. An old toilet is the hardest thing to source, it seems like, for a bathroom if you want to incorporate an old toilet because people don't understand that there's people out there who want those. They pretty much always go in the dumpster. But I'm like, no, I want the toilet to look like it's also incorporated into this bathroom as well as the tub, as well as the sink. I don't want a brand new toilet in a in a bathroom that I'm trying to make look a certain age. So how do you deal with the current, you know, the 1.6 gallon flush with the old toilet? That was like a, I ignore, I ignore a it. 50 gallon flush. You ignore that. <laughs> so there's no way you can retrofit that, right? There is. Yeah. There, there's, there's some um, inserts that you can put inside of um, older tanks. Um, oh, okay. Just to fill up, to, just to, to fill retro, up the room. Retrofit them. Yeah. I think for, for, for us being in the Midwest and being on a well, it's not as much of an issue for um, states that are, a little heavier as far as the water regulation is concerned. Yeah. Yeah. It varies from state to state, I guess, but okay. So then where do you end up finding these toilets again, Facebook marketplace or. Yeah. I had to, the, the one that I'm incorporating, um, it's a wall mount tank and I found that one, I think on Facebook marketplace, I had to drive about an hour to pick it up, but it was, you know, intact, no cracks, had the original toilet seat still on it. You know, and it had all the plumbing parts, parts, which are, if they don't have them, they can get kind of expensive to find uh, replacements for. But then, you know, salvage yards will have them too, especially in the bigger cities. Um, they're just not as, seem as prevalent as tubs or sinks. It's just one of those things that people think, you gross, and, you know, goes in the landfill. Yeah, well, yeah, people do think, ooh, gross, you use toilet, but <laughs> maybe they should go ahead and donate it. There are lots of places where they could donate these old fixtures if they decide they don't want them, if they're redoing their old houses. So, I think a lot of it's an education piece too, um, because my, my day job, I interact with just hundreds of contractors around the state of Michigan. And, you know, I'm constantly putting bugs in people's ears like, hey, you do a remodel, you know, and something that's, you know, pre-1940 and you're getting rid of the fixtures, hit me up. You know, I'll take them off your hands. I'll find a home for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an education piece, uh, I think, for contractors that there is value um, in some of these things. How do you deal with kitchens? Like bathrooms, I can totally get just going with the you know, certain aesthetic and then finding, I guess, tiles, shower curtains. What do, what do they do about shower curtains back in the um, back in the 20s? So, yeah, so a lot of the tub showers were, you know, the freestanding clawfoot tub type and, you know, they'd have the circular oval you know ring with the shower curtain that sticks to you when you take a shower yeah they're great they're great a lot of these things i i think there's a reason why this other thing was invented to take the place of the old thing sometimes i do think that sure yep it makes sense so as far as kitchens that's another thing um where your you know the kitchen of the 1920s or the late 1800s looks way different than the kitchen of you know the 2000s so what does that look like and Again, what we're going to do in our farmhouse is we're going to probably go back to, you know, a 1910s-ish farmhouse, you know, built-in cabinet. Um, I have the benefit of being, um, uh, finished carpentry was my was my main trade back when I was doing a lot of hands-on stuff, um, you know, so I could build all my own cabinets and they'll look, you know, they'll go, you know, to the ceiling, 
you know, and they'll look like they've always been there in kind of a farmhouse 1920s-ish, 1910s, um, you know, built-in cabinet style. Um, our goal is to find a cast iron farmhouse sink with legs on it that will kind of build the kitchen around, you know, so that'll look like it's always been there and kind of be the focal point of it. But then you get to things obviously like stoves and refrigerators and dishwashers and the modern conveniences that we don't want to really live without. And so there's a few different ways that you can go with that. There's, you know, companies that make retro looking refrigerators or uh, refrigerators that look like ice boxes, but, you know, they're modern. You know, you can hide dishwashers behind panels, stoves, you know, you can do, they make vintage looking stoves, um, or you can go more antique and pick up an antique stove. Is it more work? Yeah. I mean, I'm more of a, a form over function type of guy where I'll, I'll live in something or work with something that's a little more annoying just for the aesthetic. <laughs> um, so, you know, and, and I don't, I don't harp on people if they want to put stainless steel appliances in their old house. I mean, the, the things that I try to educate and, 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 and harp on is, you know, the, the bones of the house, you know, the structure, let's not make a, house open concept that wasn't intended to be let's not take out the original lighting fixtures let's not paint the woodwork let's not cover up the floors you know the the bones of the house the the details that once they're gone they're gone that's the thing that i i'll stand on my soapbox about but you know things that are easy to change you know cosmetic things the appliances that you put in even lighting fixtures you know there's a lot of people who um, you know, the mid-century modern trend is pretty uh, popular right now. And, you know, I've, you know, I follow a couple of accounts who just lean into the MCM in a turn of the century house and it looks cool, but the fabric of the house is still there. You can change out a light fixture, like, you know, in a matter of an hour, it's not a big deal. Um, so people can put their own flair on these old houses without destroying their historic fabric. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you say to the people who want to open up their kitchen to the dining room in an old house? Because they all, they all want to. No, yeah, I'll say I'll say no. So no, yeah, no. That's, yeah, well, that's, and, that's, and, that's the short version. <laughs> no, don't yeah, do that. And again, it's 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 my tendency towards the form over function, where I I like the feeling of a cramped kitchen. Like that's where in any old house that I've owned and we entertain, that's where everybody ends up, and you're kind of forced into this intimate intimacy and it's and it's fun and i i enjoy the separate rooms and having a different vibe in each room i don't know it's just it's just a different lifestyle you're 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 living in the in in the house and conforming to the house's aesthetic rather than vice versa um, right 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 what do you think of i'm not exactly sure what this means but people talk to me a lot about you know, modern, our, our modern lifestyle and adapting mm -hmm. these houses to our modern lifestyle. So I don't know, yep. I don't know a hundred percent what that means. And sometimes I say, what does that, what does that actually mean? Cause I'm not, I'm not sure it means, I don't know what it means actually. What about our modern lifestyle is it that makes us want to be able to see the entire downstairs of the house in one shot? You got me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know um, either. I, I like the vibe of the old house. I mean, I, I understand the open concept and the flow, but every house we've lived in, we kind of function our life a little bit differently around it. And it's kind of unique in its own way. 
again, it's just, it's, it's the history of the house and being a part of it rather than uh, the other way around. So yeah, I, if you want an open concept house, I'd say buy an open concept house. Don't, don't try to, cause again, like, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. You're, you're destroying those, those details and, 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 you know, it's hard to bring those back after they're gone. Yeah. Well, that's for sure. A lot of times people want to paint the trim. They really feel like it's dark and that just makes me mm-hmm. sad because that's once you paint it, it's over. It's never going back. Yeah. It, can it be done? Yes. Do people do it? Not very often just because it, it's a pretty daunting task. Um, you know, in our current house, all of the trim has been painted except with the exception of the um, what we'll call the parlor. And it had been painted, but the previous owners had stripped it. And it's beautiful, beautiful woodwork. But I probably won't strip the rest of the woodwork just because it's such a daunting task. And I've got bigger fish to fry in the house. It is. A, it is a lot of work, especially if there's any detail in the any of the woodwork, which there often was back in the old days. So Correct. Yep. And in, 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 in an old farmhouse like ours, um, typically the upstairs um, would have been painted woodwork. You know, it's it was very utilitarian. You know, it was just used for, for sleeping, you know, so they didn't put a lot of money into the upper floors of the house. So they're, you know, upstairs, it makes sense. You know, it's typically a lesser grade woodwork and, uh, you know, not a fancy profile and it was very utilitarian. Our farmhouse was, we haven't been able to find out exactly the details on who built it and, you know, what their status was but it's it's fancy the first floor is very fancy for being a farmhouse you know it has very wide uh, very intricate um, trim work on the first floor which is what one of the things that attracted us to the house hmm. so you have a business a service that you offer which is i could take you on my phone while i'm looking at an old house to buy and you can kind of check sure. it out with me virtually or not virtually mm-hmm. like on the phone right and let me know if it's going to suit my needs basically you wanted to I mean, I'm kind of intrigued by that idea because how great is that? That now that we have these video phones of the future, like you don't even sure. need to live near me to help me. Correct. Yeah, a, a lot of a lot of those discussions have been revolved around people who don't come from the industry and they don't know. Sure, can somebody get a an inspector to come and look at the house? Yes, and that is advisable. But depending on your budget and what you want to DIY, it's it's important to find the right old house that's going to, you know, work for you. Um, you know, there's your major things like the big ticket items, like a foundation. And is the bones of the house good? You know, because that's, you know, if you get into something that you is crumbling, you know, a wall sagging, it's an all brick house and the foundation's shifting, you know, that's a big ticket item that's going to blow your whole budget. And you're not going to be able to afford the things that you want to do to the house. So, you know, that's the main thing that we're going to look at you know, before diving into an old house. But then it's a lot of the discussion revolves around, you know, what do you want to hire out versus what are you capable of doing yourself? And the biggest thing that I advocate for is not worrying about doing everything to the house all at once. People perceive a barrier to entry in these old houses because they may be less expensive on the front end, but they're just thinking through what it's going to cost me to make this house, how it needs to be is just overwhelming. And like, I don't have the funds for that. Well, most people don't, but also a lot of these old houses are habitable. You're just, you have to be okay living with, in our case, a kitchen that's from the seventies and sure it's ugly and kind of worn, but it's, it's operable. You know, we Mm -hmm. can, we can live in that and tackle that when we get to it. 
So in our case, we we renovated the the, the bedroom quarters before moving into the house because we wanted you know a nice and clean space that's already done, so we don't have to live in a bedroom that's being renovated. And we're tackling the first floor, you know, as we live there, room by room. And so it's not something that you have to think about doing all at once and sinking this a ton of money into it. If your mechanicals and the structure of the house are fine, you know, your water tight, that's, that's the main, that's the main thing. And the other benefit to doing it over time is it's different looking at a space on a sheet of paper, a picture and thinking, this is what I want to do to it. It's different if you're living in the space for a year and thinking through the feeling of it, what do you want to do? I mean, when I shower in the morning, that's when inspiration strikes. I'm like, right. Hey, I could do this. This would be really cool. And maybe, you know, I sourced a fixture a year ago or I, you know, there's things that opens up so many possibilities living in, in the area before you renovate it. And as I can look at something and design it in my head, I don't have to draw it out. I'm very, very visual that way. Most people are not. And that's, so that's the benefit. You have the ability to change your mind and make decisions over time and slowly acquire things and slowly acquire the funds to do those things. So I, for one, advocate for, you know, you don't need to leave, buy something that's already done or buy something and then do it all, all at once. Let's, let's take our time. Right. So you'd help people with a master plan, maybe, around how to get their house up to speed, what they want yeah, to do. It varies. Most of my consultation stuff is usually just like an hour or two long and, you know, it just keep, it sets people down the right path. You know, they want to just be reassured because they're a lot of times first time homeowners and they want to get into an old house and they don't know what to look for. Like, um, you know, is this floor being bouncy because the floor is going to fall in or is it just because back then the beams were undersized and the spans a little bit longer than it should be, but it's not going anywhere or maybe typically the case a plumber came through and hacked the crap oh, out of yeah. some joists and, and so now we're all wall sagging okay so we can you know it's not that big of a deal to reinforce that area and sister some joists you know and so people don't know what's a big deal and what's not That's um, true. They don't. They don't and know. people also don't understand or can identify what's what's an original characteristic of the house and what's not what was added and what wasn't um and because i have the experience that i do working on old houses over the course of my career it's pretty easy to identify okay this is a new fix new addition this was this is original what's the you know what's a what's the cool factor what was always here you know in looking at that thing those things and seeing value in those things i think is a difficult for somebody without an untrained eye to see so typically my consults are reassuring people or saying you know run for the hills um setting them down the right path and then they kind of they kind of take it from there. Run for but, the hills. But and, and, you know, there's there's been you know, instances where they say, "Yes, I like this help." You know, I have a contractor in mind, but I don't feel comfortable that he's going to have the eye for the um, old details on what it should look like, like you do. So, can you help him? Help me help him or her um, design the space and, and construct the space. And, you know, so I'll sometimes walk with clients down the path of their restoration and making sure the builder's doing justice to the space, um, to somebody who hasn't worked with a contractor before, you know, holding them accountable to doing good work because you know, people, people don't know. Yeah, that's true. And people do think things are a bigger deal than they really are. And sometimes they are. And sometimes like the foundation and the sagging masonry walls and that sort of thing, but sometimes just working with wood structure is really not that hard, you know, to fix Correct. things. Yep. Yep. Typically, typically I found the, the issues that people 
bring up are consistent with the age of the house and not really anything that is a big deal. I mean, you have plaster walls, they're probably going to be cracked. There's a fix for that. You have original windows that are a little leaky. There's a fix for that. Let's figure Mm -hmm. out, you know, it's an education piece. Yeah, let's let's fix the windows and not throw them away and replace them with vinyl windows, please. Correct. That's that's the number one the number one thing. You it's rare to see a house with original windows, which is sad. And I don't I don't think people set out to ruin the fabric of the house. It's just again, it's an education piece. People don't understand the value in the windows and that they can be made more energy efficient than they are in the cost factor to new windows versus what you're going to spend over time in, in energy consumption. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of variables there and just a conversation. Right. So what's the weirdest thing you've ever found in the walls of a project you've been working on? Oh, weirdest thing. I'm trying to get people to, to leave a message on my, um, you know, on this tab on my website about it, but nobody ever calls. So I'm just going to ask from now on yeah i don't think i've found anything to it's always unfortunately dead things like (laughs) squirrels and rats and birds oh dear and and raccoons and um in our case our property was vacant for about two years before we purchased it so there was a family of raccoons um living upstairs countless squirrels and just mice mice galore so it's nothing Mm -hmm. uh Nothing too crazy, more just gross. <laughs> it's just walls filled full of mouse turds. Carcasses. Okay. So how can people see more about your work or get in touch with you? I know you're on Instagram and TikTok. Correct. Instagram and TikTok at Rademaker Revival. Uh, we have a website that is RademakerRevival.com. That's where if people want to talk more about consulting, that is where you'd contact me for that information. Uh, a little bit more about us. All of our um, media pieces that we've done, if people really are interested about our story, um, are on the website as well. And then on the Instagram, if you have just billions of hours on your on your hands, we've documented basically daily renovations since we bought this property about a year ago. All of my highlights are every single story that I've done since we purchased the property. So I need to eventually go through and organize them a little bit better in terms of, you know, refinishing floors, doing plaster work, that sort of thing. But right now it's all in chronological order. So if people want to are interested in that, um, you know, they can go look through stories. And then, I, you know, I don't want to open the floodgates, but um, I love helping the old house community. So, you know, little things here and there, I'll help people out with, um, you know, if it's an easy type question. No, it's great. Do you have any final tips or thoughts that you want to share with my huge listenership? um no i think i think the the biggest thing is we're we're advocating for old homes and seeing the value in old homes and and i want uh people to see that and understand that it's not it's not something to be afraid of it's something that that has a value and i think we're getting there you know with the the cheap old houses instagram account launching their hgtv program you know Mm -hmm. it's heading in the direction of these older homes have value. Preservation has value. Yeah, I think um, that's it's, great. Yeah, it's an ed- education piece. And as that as that grows, I think people will get into it more. You know, we're trying to make old stuff cool. You know, yeah. <laughs> so now, old stuff always has been cool. But you're just, I guess, trying to get people to realize that old stuff is cool. Correct. Yeah. It's yeah. if we can make if we can make what I do to old houses a fad, let's let's go. Yeah, you let's know, go. That would be fun. 
so we'll 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 make it cool to have separated rooms instead of old old uh, open concept we'll make it cool to have vintage fixtures and it's trending that direction so i think that's is more the more education we can put out there about um the value in these old houses and preserving the history and the details um i think the better off uh, our community will be what about like a wall hung uh rotary phone with a long curly cord with that i mean yeah, that's probably that's not... from like the 70s but still that's kind of retro and fun yep and to that point um if you follow if you've been following around along our instagram account underneath our what we're using as our um main be uh, bedroom underneath the carpet we found a linoleum pattern from the 40s that was tattered and torn up and just in awful condition but it was so cool looking a, a very brightly colored floral pattern and of course that's not original to the house but instead of tearing it out and refinishing the floors we decided to restore it as much as possible and then preserve it because it tells the story of the house it's part of a renovation that was done to the house and it looks cool mm -hmm. so a rotary phone that was in the 70s is it original to the house no but it's it's part of the story of the house and so we can we can have an old house and have it show its age through the centuries of the people that lived there and and what, what we're doing to the houses is also going to tell the story of the house and hopefully somebody will look at that and say okay that's cool we're going to incorporate that into the house so it doesn't have to you don't have to live in a museum you can you can you can do justice to the house, but still have different things, you know, throughout the ages that are cool. Yeah, I mean, there are so many things that are really, really, I don't know, just they're just evocative of a different time. And I just think about someone spending hours and hours sitting on the stairs, like fifteen feet away from the phone, talking on right. the phone, like maybe yep. doodling what? on the wall or whatever. Absolutely. Yep. That's maybe that's that the, that's me. the fun part. Yeah. Yep. Thank you so much, Dave, for, for um, you know, for joining me and telling me your story and the story of your house. And I, I just love following along. So thanks. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, Dave, for joining me on the show and uh, sharing your insights into old houses. And thank you for listening. There'll be links to all of Dave's information in the show notes. And of course, the episode enhancements will have some images of him working on his projects so you can also get those episode enhancements delivered straight to your inbox if you sign up for my newsletters. And there's a link for that also in the show notes. That comes out every Wednesday morning. It's also on my website, so you can go check them out there. If you have ideas for stories or you want to be a guest, you can email me at thehousemaven at talkinghomerenovations.com. You can also contact me through Facebook, where I'm Talking Home Renovations, Instagram, where I'm Talking Home Renovations, on TikTok, I'm the House Maven. Twitter, it's Talking Home Reno. And also, I have a clubhouse room on Monday nights, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's called House Club. And I am co-moderating that room with uh, Mona Ying Reeves of Kickstart House. So she's an architect from California who helps homeowners. And of course, I'm from Massachusetts, so we're spanning the whole country. Anyway, come join us. You can chat with us there on the Clubhouse app. And... If you need some design advice and you're in Massachusetts, you can um, you can you can call up the Ask an Architect Design Helpline. So there's more information about that on my architecture site, which is demiosarchitects.com. There'll be a link to that in the show notes. If you like this show, that would be great if you would leave a rating 
and a review, even if you have time. And those really help out my, somehow they help out my analytics. So if you could do that, that would be great. And also, of course, tell your friends about this if they could use the information. Talking Home Renovations with House Maven is a member of Gable Media, which is the most engaged AEC multimedia network on the planet. You can check out the other podcasts and video channels that are a part of that network at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. And this podcast is a production of my architecture firm, Demios Architects, where we believe architects are for everyone. Until next time, take care. Take care.